Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Going to the book of Isaiah, chapter 30. The book of Isaiah, chapter 30, and verse 18 is, is our launching text for tonight. The Bible says, And therefore will the Lord wait. Therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Ours is an impatient world. Nobody likes to wait anymore. Nobody likes to wait anymore. We want it now. We want it instant. We want it here. We want it in this place right at this very moment. We want it. We've got to have it. Nobody wants to wait. But I want to talk to you tonight about mercy waits. Everybody say mercy waits. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Lord, for your for your blessings in this place. Thank you, Lord, for how you touch and how you move today. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would help us, Lord Jesus, just simply to step into your word and that it would be a blessing, God, Lord, to your people, strength your people in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Mercy waits. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. Often if the line at Walmart gets too long or too slow, we blame the store for gross mismanagement. If 10 cars in front of us do not immediately move, all of them at the same time, when the light turns green, we can exercise our freedom of horn pushing. We don't like waiting. I have noticed over the last few years that magazines are no longer enough to keep people occupied in the waiting room. It used to be a stack of magazines was fine. You could thumb through it, and now they just sit there, and they've been there for 35 years. You got a, you got a National Geographic that came over on the Mayflower. It's, a, it's, it's just as old as it can be because people magazines aren't enough. We got to have the TV blaring. We got to have three gaming centers going on at the same time. And we got three gaming centers, and then there's our phone that has got to be connected. And, 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 and you know, there, there's a such thing. I don't have my phone with me. Uh, it's somewhere around here. But how many of you have ever noticed you just flip and look at your phone for no good reason? I got one honest hand going up. Mm hmm. You just pick it up and look at it and put it back in your pocket. You may not even turn on the screen. You just look at your phone, the blank screen. Just look at it. No, you know. What, what we're saying is that I don't like waiting. 
I want whatever the next thing is. I want the next thing to come along. And, and then we got to have uh, notifications. And if notification, we, we got notifications upon notifications the other day about the tornado warnings going through. And we got this. We got them, though, that were late. Late tornado warnings. Man, that's the worst. It's gone by. House isn't there. The garage is there. But thank the Lord for a tornado warning on my phone. Our culture is conditioned to be instantly satisfied. Instantly satisfied. Nobody likes waiting. Amen. When it comes to the Lord, we often hear the importance of waiting on God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We hear the psalmist say, rest in the Lord, wait patiently on him. While we want to flip over our phone and see if God has answered our prayer. The psalmist said, the eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest their, their meat in due season. In due season. Don't be weary in well-doing for in due season. In due season. Who likes due season? I want now season. I, I like that, that, that preaching on now. Amen. Job said, all the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come, and, and, and I'll wait till it happens. And, and we know how... To wait on the Lord even more than probably we realize because that's a message that is preached often. But what if God is waiting on us? What if God is waiting on us? In the book of Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible says, And, and he came to Nazareth where he had, speaking of Jesus, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he'd done it before and he's doing it again. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. He's read before, he's reading again. Amen. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach the deliverance, uh, preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of of the Lord. And if you're reading in your Bible that is red letter edition, you will find that it switches from red letter to back to black. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. This is a powerful, powerful prophetic uh, uh, prophecy from Isaiah being fulfilled. As the Lord is saying, here's what I've come to do. I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. I've come to give the poor an answer, not just a handout. I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. I want to help the poor from out of the dunghill. I want to help the poor out of... God always elevates the poor. He always elevates the poor. If they will follow his principles and listen to the gospel, they will go from windows flapping out of a broken, or, 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 or rather curtains flapping out of a broken window to having a completely closed window and everything getting better in their life. I've seen it over and over and over again. Amen. God said that he came to preach the gospel to the poor. <coughs> How many of you are prospering more Amen, under the principles of the Lord than you did when you were in the world. 
Uh-huh. Amen. You can live for the world and live for the devil and your money will be gone like uh, have have money like in a bag with holes in them. And so the, the, the Jesus came and he said, I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He said, I was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. And that's such a wonderful thought to consider that the Lord will take those whose life is shattered and torn apart. And he said, I've come to heal them. I've come to put your life back together. You may have been in a relationship that's been fractured, but I've come to put your life back together. You may have had issues in your life, but I've come to put your life back together. And I've come to heal the brokenhearted and then preach deliverance to the captives. Not just merely freedom, but deliverance. Not just setting somebody free from incarceration, but he said, I want to set you free to a purpose. That's what deliverance is. The children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt. It wasn't just that he brought them out. He brought them out with a purpose. How that the ministry of Jesus came to take people who were bound by all kinds of things and he brought them out. He brought us out for a purpose. That's deliverance. The recovery of sight to the blind, healing the blind, healing the lame, healing the sick, healing them that are full of diseases. Amen. The Bible, and we just preached about it. There's, there's record, recorded stories of Jesus, and then the volumes would not contain those that were not recorded, how he healed and how he delivered. And he set the Bible says here, at liberty, them that were bruised. He set at liberty, them that were bruised. That's why Jesus came. That was his ministry. That's why he's here. And he concludes with this, this thought, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So he's come uh, to heal the brokenhearted, preach the gospel to the poor, preach deliverance to the captives, uh, amen, uh, the sight, the recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That refers to this is an opportunity for you. This is an acceptable opportunity. This is the year of Jubilee. This is your chance uh, to get back to where you need to be. This is your chance to be free from all of your ills. This is your chance to be free from the, the pain and the penalty uh, and the power of sin. I've come to deliver you. I've come to set you free. He read that from the book of Isaiah and the Bible said when he finished saying the acceptable year of the Lord, he closed the book and gave it to the minister and sat down. And all of the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say, this blew their mind. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I am fulfilling, Jesus said, the prophecy of this anointing. I am fulfilling what was said all back in the days of Isaiah. But according to Isaiah's record of this statement, Jesus did not complete the prophecy. For in Isaiah 61, this is what he was referring to, and this is what he was reading. Isaiah 61 and verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, open up the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable of the year of the Lord, and this is where Jesus stops. But in the prophecy of Isaiah, there is not a period here. 
but rather a comma. And then it says, and the day of vengeance of our God. So Jesus stops at a comma and not a period. He stops at a pause. Amen. Between the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. You know what Jesus is saying? He is not discounting that there's going to come a judgment day or that God will pour out his wrath and pour out his judgment upon people. That's not what he was saying. But when he come to that point, he closed the book and he stopped at a comma because this period or this time... This time between the, 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 the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God was going to have a space. And that space is going to be where mercy waits. Amen. Between the acceptable year of the Lord and the vengeance of our God, mercy stands waiting. It's not an end. It's not a period. And Jesus said, this is what I've come to do. I've come to bring this because mercy has come to preach a, a, a to the poor. Mercy has come to heal the brokenhearted. Mercy has come. And it stands ready, waiting for you. That's why the writer of Isaiah said in 30 and 18, and therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious upon you. If you read Isaiah 30, you will find that in verse 1, it starts with how bad Israel was, how horrible Israel was, how messed up they were. But it comes to the point that says, therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. Therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy mercy upon you. Amen. I want to tell you today, there are times I look at this world. There are times I look at people's lives. There are times I look at backsliders and I look at this list and I look at some that are calloused. Amen. They're so far from God, even though they may not think that. And I look at them and I say, oh God, oh God, oh God, there's going to come a day that you're going to pronounce your judgment. There's going to come a day that you're going to say enough. I have, I have waited long enough. But until then, he's not putting a period. He's putting a comma. Until then, for every backslided, mercy waits. For every wayward child of God, mercy waits. For every lukewarm child of God, a man can't live for the Lord faithfully, mercy waits. For every sinner out there that is living so far from the Lord, for every drug addict, for every alcoholic, for every perverted soul, mercy waits. For me, for you, mercy waits. When you look at the mirror and you're not happy with the person that you are, when you look at the mirror and you say, man, I wish that guy would straighten up and fly right. When you look at the mirror and you say, I know I'm not where I ought to be with the Lord. When you begin to examine your own heart and you're feeling how bad it is, amen, you need to just, just stop for a moment and think. Jesus put the book down. He put the book down because there was going to be a period of time that he as the Lord was going to say, mercy's here now. Amen. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the time of the Lord for you. But there's going to come a time when there is not going to be any mercy. But for now, he's long-suffering. For now, he's long-suffering. I think about the countries that have become so violent and now are killing 
Anybody that calls himself a Christian, amen. Oh, God, why don't you just go zap them? Because mercy's waiting. Oh, Lord, I think about those that are being radical in their politics and, and shaking their fist in God and laughing at his word. Oh, God, why don't you get them? Because mercy waits. He is a long suffering God. He is a patient God. Amen. Aren't you thankful that he is? Because if you've got a loved one who is lost without the Lord, if you've got some family member that don't know God, you ought to praise the Lord that he put the book down then. Mercy waits. The word wait in Isaiah 30 and 18 where it says, therefore will the Lord wait. It means to continue to be in a certain state until an expected event. To continue to be in a certain state until an expected event. I chose the picture of some person sitting at an altar at some church. Amen. That person in that picture simply signifies mercy. Mercy sits at an altar somewhere in every church. Mercy sits at every place where somebody is having an opportunity to talk to the Lord, an opportunity to live for God. Amen. I want to tell you, mercy waiting is not an opportunity to just go sin and live any way you want to live, but it is an opportunity to say, now's my chance. I may not have a chance tomorrow. I may not have a chance next week, but right now, mercy's waiting on me. Mercy's waiting on me. Amen. Get rebellious. Get backward from God. Backslide from God. Stubborn at home. Stubborn at school. Amen. I want to tell you, go ahead. Your day will come, but it don't have to be now. Amen. Mercy waits for you now. The psalmist said, for thy mercy is great unto the heavens. <laughs> Come on, let's get real tonight about our own life. How many lies have we told over the last little while? How many things have we done? We may have done it with, with, with an understanding or out of uh, uh, omission. How many things have we done? How many times have we walked away from God in just a daily activity? How many times have we grieved his spirit and quenched his Holy Spirit? Amen. Oh, I'm so thankful, Bishop, that even in that moment, my, 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 my opportunity is still there. Because he hasn't said it's over. He hasn't said it's time for my judgment yet. It may not come until next year. It may not come until next century. But while it's now, now you have an opportunity. Now you have an opportunity to come to him and say, oh, God, will you forgive me? Oh, God, will you cleanse me? And you know what he's not going to do? He's not going to point his finger at your chest and say, you dirty, rotten scoundrel. No, he's going to say, I've got mercy here. It's been here all the time. God, I've got mercy for you. You've got it all the time. I've been doing some research for some stuff I'm writing. And I was doing some research about Bernie Madoff, who 
was a Wall Street investment banker, a financial and, and securities investor. He was a well-liked, well-respected businessman. As a matter of fact, for a little while, he was the, uh, the president of NASDAQ. He had a firm that they, they, they carried out all kinds of, 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 of transactions on Wall Street, legitimate transactions. That was on the 18th floor. But on the 17th floor, Mr. Madoff had another thing going on. You may remember his story. He perpetrated the biggest lie they have said that has ever been in America. The biggest fraud that has ever been in the world. You see, Mr. Bernie Madoff had a Ponzi scheme that he took, he stole $65 billion. Rich people, I'm talking about filthy rich people lost their money. One man lost $50 million in one day because of what Bernie did. There were, there were widows that lost their money, lost all their savings because of what Bernie did. Little investments as low as $50 all the way up into the millions lost it all in one day. Amen. As he walks before his sons and he said, it is all a lie. His sons turn him over to the FBI. They take him to, to court, and he pleads guilty on 11 counts, federal counts of, of, of securities fraud. Each account was placed to him, and he was served a 150-year sentence. A 150-year sentence. Sad thing is that there was not one person that wrote one letter, not one family member that came to the, the sentencing to stand up for him to attest to anything good that he'd ever done. Not one. Two years after his sentencing, his firstborn son committed suicide because he couldn't take it anymore. Bernie sits right now in the penitentiary in Butner, North Carolina. And he is one of the most hated men in all of the United States because of what he did. Charities had to close down. People lost retirement accounts, whole retirement accounts gone because of what he did. But can I tell you, even for Bernie, there is still mercy waiting for him as a scoundrel and as a thief and as the most despised man in the business world today. Yet there is still a God that says, I wait for you. I put a pause here so that even Bernie could repent and even Bernie could be set free. Amen. I want to tell you today, I wish you understood, young person, just how powerful it is that mercy waits for you because you're going to mess up. You're going to do something wrong. You're going to do something out of order, but don't linger. Amen. That first moment of conviction, go find an altar and cry to God because He's waiting for you. Mercy's waiting for you. Mercy's waiting for you. Mercy's waiting for you. How great, how big is your mercies? They're great into the heavens. Oh, little Ruby will talk to her and say, How much do you love me? Love you big much or little much? Oh, I love you big much. As big as these truck. 
To her, that's big. We say as big as the sky. Blow our mind, God. How great and wonderful are your mercies. Mess up. I'm here for you, the Lord says. I'm waiting on you. It's not always about you waiting on God. It's about God waiting on you. Waiting on you to clean up your act. Waiting on you to become the head of your home. Waiting on you to become a soul winner. Waiting on you to be a prayer warrior. Waiting on you to preach. Waiting on you to follow. Waiting on you to lead. Waiting on you to worship. Waiting on you to pray. He's still waiting. He's still waiting. He's still waiting. He's still waiting. Waiting on you and waiting on me to clean up our act. Mercy is as big as the sky. Mercy. The psalmist said several things about mercy. Let me share with you. Just, just run through them with you. He said in 86 and 5, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Verse 13, same chapter. For great is thy mercy toward me. Thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. He said in verse 15 of the same chapter, but thou, O Lord, are full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you've done, but you can't not outpull and out receive all the mercies of God. They're new every day. Think about it. There's a new supply every day. When you wake up, whoop, mercy waits. While you're sleeping, mercy's waiting. I wonder what that old Tim Gill's going to do today. I wonder what kind of things he's going to pull today. I don't know, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm talking about mercy. I'm talking about mercy. I'm talking about what I don't deserve. Amen. What I cannot earn. He says, I'm waiting for you. Mercy waits. Psalm 103 and 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all of thy diseases, and redeem thy life from destruction, and crowneth thee, crowneth thee, with loving kindness and tender mercies. Mm. Psalm 130 and 3, if, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, who should stand? Lord, if you ever just put a period where this comma is, I don't know, I don't know that I could stand. But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be fear. How about the woman at the well that Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. What are you doing, Jesus? You know, we don't do that kind of stuff. First of all, she's a Samaritan, and she's a woman. We don't do that kind of stuff. He said, but I must needs go through Samaria. Why? He was about to meet a woman who had been married five times and shacked up with a sixth man. What was he doing? Mercy waiting. Mercy waiting. Mercy waiting. Mercy waiting. How about blind Bartimaeus as he cried out? What did he say? Thou son of David, have, have 
mercy on me. Hallelujah. Mercy was waiting. How about Joseph's brothers when they come, amen, with their tails wagging behind them as it were, all, all beaten down when their families had no, no food to eat. They come uh, crawling to Egypt only to find that Joseph was waiting for them. And he could have had all of them killed. He could have put all of them out. But he says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for mercy. 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 How about God waiting for a man who was a murderer by the name of Moses and still yet he called him the meekest man there was. How about Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the IRS guy? Everybody hates those guys. Mercy waits. Peter denied the Lord three times. But Jesus said, be sure to go tell Peter, I'm alive. Why? Why go tell Peter after he messed up three times? Mercy's waiting. Mercy's waiting for you. Mercy's waiting for you. How about a harlot and a worshiper of idols? But God saw a woman who would let her be the part of the bloodline of Christ. Amen. And she put a red cord and put it out there for them to see. Why? It was saying, I'm waiting on mercy. Amen. Mercy is coming. Hallelujah. He's coming. He's coming. How about a man by the name of Saul who was a murderer and persecutor of the people of God? Amen. That would become the apostle writer of epistles, missionary. How did that happen? Because on the road to Damascus, a light shone down. Amen. And he, he heard the words when he said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. I've been waiting on you. 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 I, I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. The psalmist said in another place, the earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. The earth. I can't go away from your mercy. It's always there. Jacob said to the Lord in Genesis, I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercies that you would show unto thy servant. Oh, but mercy waits. David said, God's mercies are great. His mercies are great. Nehemiah acknowledged God's mercy to his people, whom he said, Thou and thy manifold mercies forsook them not. David said, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me. Hear me. Hear me. I'm coming back to you. Stand with me, please. Lamentation chapter 3 and verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Well, you know that adulterer, fornicator, you know that person who, who is a liar and a cheat and a thief? Yeah, get him, God. How about us who say, who say we're saved and we live like we're not? Get him, God. No, mercy waits. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions, his compassions, he's just waiting. Oh, you want to be brother, sister, cutie, Christian? 
like, like everything's perfect in your life and you got all your standards right and never done anything bad. I'm preaching to you today. Mercy's waiting on you. Good. I got everything. I'm fine. Amen. I'm a preacher. Oh, mercy waits on preachers. But Seth, I've, I've experienced that. Mercy waits on everyone. He said, His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. Is that there will be a day when he says, It's time for my vengeance. It's time for my judgment. It's time for my wrath. Can't be that very far away. With the signs that we're living in, it, it cannot be very far away. But until then, don't put a period where God put a comma. I said, don't put a period where God put a comma. Pause there for a minute. Hallelujah. The acceptable year of the Lord is still now. Your time for repentance is still now. Your time for mercy is still now. Amen. If your heart's not right with God, I want to tell you that there's mercy waiting for you. Amen. Just just, just step out where you are and just simply say, I, I, I need to have these mercies in my life today. Come on, somebody. Come on. I, 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 I know that there, there, there's a lot in my life, but His mercy is as big as the sky. His mercy is as great as the sky. Thank God for his mercy today. Thank God that his mercy or we would be consumed. Anybody thankful for that? Amen. Come on, just step out and come to the altar, everybody, right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you thank him for the mercies of the Lord? Would you thank him that mercy waits for you and waits for me? When we mess up, mercy's there. Hallelujah. Be quick to respond to God. Be quick to respond to him. Be quick to turn the cheek to the Lord. And how, Lord, let your conviction come. Hallelujah, let your conviction come. Lord, I praise you, God. Lord, I praise you, God. Lord, I bless your name, oh Lord. I bless you for your goodness and your mercies today. I thank you for your long-suffering, God. And how, Lord, you help us. And how, Lord, we can hang in there. Because of you, because of you, oh Lord. Oh, I bless your name. Hallelujah. There's mercy for you. There's mercy for you. Hallelujah. That addiction does not have to hold you captive. There's mercy for you. That problem, those thinking, the way of thinking doesn't have to hold you captive. There's mercy for you. Amen. There is still a God of compassion. There is still a God that says, hey, I love you. Hey, I'll forgive you. Hey, I'll wash you clean. Oh, somewhere. Somebody needs to realize that the prodigal son comes home to a daddy that's waiting, waiting, looking, longing, waiting. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.